Psalm 82, a plea for justice. Psalm 82. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. There's a lot packed into this little psalm. It's just... Eight little verses, and yet there's like five or six, depending on how you break it up, parts to this. As you work your way through it, at first you see the begin, the, the setting, then you see the complaint, then you see the expectation, what should have been met, and then you see disappointment and judgment, and finally a closing prayer as you work your way through this psalm. It is a plea for justice. The setting is God's people in Israel. They cry out to God. In fact, this is something we see all throughout the Psalms, do we not? Is, is God's people crying out, Where are you, God? Why do the wicked thrive? Why do they flourish? Why do the righteous suffer? As we come to Psalm 82 here, we kind of get an answer to that question. A question that follows us all throughout the Psalms. Where is God? What is going on? As we come to Psalm 82, we see God coming and addressing. And ultimately, as you get to the end of this, we will see that the Lord is king and he rules. And so in verse 1, at the very beginning, you see the setting. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. That word gods there, it's the word Elohim. Most commonly, it refers to God. But we also see places in the Bible where it refers to angels. It refers to pagan gods. And even where it refers to humans with authority. Anyone who who is standing representing God. And really, as you come here to Psalm 82, that's what we see, that last one. It is God stands and judges, judges, those in authority, kings and judges of his people who have stood as his representative, those who should have judged justly, those who should have loved righteousness. And yet, as you see, as you work your way through here, they didn't. And so what you have, the, the, the setting here of Psalm 82, is that God, the ultimate judge, is gathering together and judging human judges. He's gathering them together. 
All the kings, all the prophets, all the judges who stood and who represented him and who did not do it well. So starting in verse 2, now is God speaking. And this is the complaint that he brings against them. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? There's a pause there. How long will you judge unjustly? You've been given authority. And yet you show partiality to the, to the wicked. The righteous suffer and justice is not done because these judges judge with partiality. They do what they want rather than what is right. And so the wicked thrive. And so this is God's complaint against them. Why are you not doing what is right? Why are you not upholding the law? Why are you not promoting justice and righteousness? As you come to verses 3 and 4 here, this is what they should be doing. His complaint against them is that they have not been doing this. They've been showing partiality to the wicked. They have not judged justly. What they should have been doing in this position where God put them, they should have been defending the poor and the fatherless. They should do justice to the afflicted and the needy. They should deliver the poor and the needy, free them from the hand of the wicked. In fact, notice the, the emphasis here, the, the repetition, these words that all kind of mean the same thing. Poor, fatherless, afflicted, needy, poor, needy. There's repetition here. There's an emphasis. You have not done what is right. Now, it's important to understand that in these verses, God is not here asking for partiality to be shown to the poor instead of to the wicked. He's, not, he's, he's demanding that no partiality be shown. Scales that are, weighed, that are weighted in any direction are still unjust. So God is not saying, make it lean this way, not that way. He's saying, just be just. Just love righteousness. Free them from the hand of the wicked. The wicked thrive because justice is ignored. This is what they should have been doing, and yet they didn't. They showed partiality to the wicked. Verse 5, it's still the Lord speaking, but it's almost kind of an aside. It's almost as if he, he kind of steps back, and now he's saying this to himself. Right? He's asking them, why have you done this? And then he kind of backs up and says, well, they don't know. They don't understand. They walk about in darkness. They, they, they cannot judge rightly because they are morally bankrupt themselves. They are wicked. And therefore, all the foundations of the earth are unstable. When there is no justice, there is no order. The foundations of human society and life begin to crumble. Verse 6, I said, judgment here, I said you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. I gave you authority. I put you there. I said that you were there. I gave you this authority. And you used it to your advantage. You used it to show partiality to the wicked. You thought that you were so high and mighty, but you will die. Like everyone else, you will die and fall like one of the princes. 
I gave you this authority, but I will take it away, and I will cheat you true justice. I will judge you. Then as you come to the very end, kind of this closing prayer, now it's back to the psalmist. Arise, O God, and judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. It's as if he's rejoicing in what God has done as he has come and he is judging these unjust judge. And, he, and it's as if the psalmist bursts forth in prayer. Don't stop here in Israel, God. But take justice to the world. Not only here, but in all the earth bring justice. For you shall inherit all nations, for they are yours. For you are king. Our God reigns. It's a short psalm. And yet it's a psalm that is filled with hope for God's people. Because justice is coming. Because all of those who are wicked, all of those who, who ignore justice and who show partiality to the unrighteous, while the righteous suffer, one day God will gather them and God will judge them. Justice will be done. You've got to think, even as I was reading this, I was like, man, this had to be one of the favorite psalms, right? All throughout the psalms, they're crying, where are you, God? Where is justice? Why do the righteous suffer and the unrighteous thrive? What is going on? And you come to Psalm 82, that kind of is a peek behind the curtain, a look into the future. And it answers all that question. All these judges, all these who do injustice, they will stand before God himself and he will judge them. And justice will be done. This is hope for God's people. At the same time, it's a warning for those with authority. It's a call to wake up and to recognize that you one day will give an account. That the Lord reigns and he rules and you will give an account before him one day. So love mercy. Judge justly. It's hope for the people and it's a warning for those with authority. Justice will be done. God does not turn a blind eye to what goes on. He sees and he knows and he will judge. And that gives hope to us. Because even now, as we look at the world around us, there's a lot of injustice. We're sheltered from it a lot here in America, but it's starting to change. There's a lot of injustice out there. And yet God reigns and justice will ultimately be done. With that in mind, we're going to shift to time in prayer. I was thankful that we had a shorter psalm for this evening because we have uh, a lot to take care of in our business meeting uh, and we have several prayer requests and so I think it's good that we take some time here uh, this evening. Um, several prayer requests just to mention to you. Um, Bill McGreen is not doing very well. Um, his throat, um, let me see, Betty, you can help me with this. His throat is closed up, right? His esophagus is constricted, and so he cannot 
drink more than one cup of soup at a time uh, or it won't stay down, it won't go down. Um, and he is, he is not doing well at all. They had an appointment for him in December that they moved up to next week, the 18th. Uh, and even that, he says, I don't know if I can make it that long. Uh, so he is not doing well. So pray for Bill McGreen. Um, also, um, COVID. Uh, I mentioned in the email this afternoon there are several in our midst who uh, have tested positive. The Alexanders, Dave and Evelyn, I said it was okay if I shared with you. They have both tested positive. The grandkids, um, at least as of yesterday, the grandkids were all running uh, fevers as well. Uh, so they are all in quarantine. Um, so pray for the Alexanders. Along those same lines with COVID, um, Pastor Bernie and Bev Tucker are both have it as well. Um, Bernie is in the hospital with pneumonia and COVID, um, not doing very well. Bev is at home, uh, but she's also not doing very well. So pray for Bev and for Bernie. Um, same with Dan and Barb Elo. Uh, he's the pastor at First Baptist Church in Waverly. Uh, and as I understand it, he's in the hospital as well. Uh, not doing well with pneumonia and COVID. And then his wife, Barb, is at home, uh, kind of like Bev as well, uh, and she's not doing that great at home either. So um, pray for them uh, as well. Robin Talley uh, had her procedure earlier this week. Uh, went well. She is recovering, um, trying to get her into... They're, they're, they were hoping, I guess I didn't hear. Is she going to stay in Iowa City, or are they bringing her back here? Right now, she's there. Okay. They were hoping to keep her down there um, for rehab. Um, so I guess she's still there now. Um, so pray for, pray for her as she continues to recover. Uh, Larry Erickson had angiogram today. Um, the procedure took about two and a half hours, and they got the stent in. And so praise the Lord. Uh, I talked to them yesterday. They were very nervous about that because they tried to do this. Um, not too long ago, and weren't able to. Uh, it was not just, it was just all around not a good uh, experience. And so they were a little nervous going into today. Um, but praise the Lord, they got it in. Uh, and they're doing well, so he's uh, down there with that. Uh, Randy, Rhonda Miller's brother, uh, had a bad fall and broke his hip uh, last week. Um, he also has cancer, just several um, health issues going on there. So pray for Randy, pray for the family. Um, Doug Farrell, as you know, has B-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and starts chemotherapy this week. Uh, so pray for the Farrell family. I think that is all the updates that I have. As I mentioned, there's, there's several. Uh, it's just one of those weeks where there's a lot, a lot going on. So keep each other in prayer. What other requests do we have this evening? Ina, yes. Ina Williams is in rehab down in Arizona in a place. Uh, she's in quarantine in 